0: Hi, Father Ian Van Heusen here. The Art of Living Well podcast. Let's talk about sex. Uh, Everybody's favorite topic. So I actually, on a Facebook group that I'm involved with, I opened this conversation up. Great conversation. I wish I could even do justice to all. There's like 150 comments. But it's a classic idea of the marriage debt. This is an idea that's um, in the church documents. I'm not going to give a full academic uh, discourse about all of the sources I don't think it's necessary for the conversation, um, but the the reality is is it's a, it's an idea that goes back that in a certain sense spouses have a right to each other's body. Basically, put the wife has an obligation to give her husband sex if he if he asks for it in good faith, and we're going to kind of get into that. We're going to flesh that out, but also that the wife the v- vice versa the husband has a right to have sex not have the right but has an obligation to give his wife sex and to give her the sex necessary to have children. So, and th- this is tied with the virtue of justice. So the first reaction that everybody has that uh, especially if they're not Catholic, especially if they're not really versed in Catholic thought is this is like the opposite of romance, right? And we were even getting into it. Like I was talking with one guy in the, the, the group, I was like, yeah, if you're dating a girl, don't lead with this idea of the marriage debt. Probably not the best place to start uh, talk about relationship and romance. Uh, you know, it's it's not particularly uh, an attractive part of theology. But I do think it actually has a, a lot of wisdom that when we scratch the surface, really does open us up to fruitfulness and to actually having healthy marriages. So let's kind of unpack this a little bit. First, one of the things I would say that is I think in looking at the mysteries of the faith, there are often complementary ways by which we approach a mystery so on one hand i'm going to read in a moment st thomas aquinas's theology of the marriage debt there's a, there's a Thomistic approach where in a certain regards it tends to emphasize obligation maybe not strict obligation but what we ought to do a sense of justice a sense of law and order which many people falsely believe has nothing to do with religion and then there's a kind of a slightly more romantic a personalistic approach when we look at, for example, um, Saint John Paul II and his theology of the body and the understanding of, you know, that the the marriage marital embrace that sex between a husband and a wife images the Trinity and and the family is an image of the Trinity. I think these things are complementary. In fact, to really unpack the fullness of the mystery, I think we need to hold them, and and kind of look at them from these different angles. So with that in mind, let's jump into Saint Thomas Aquinas. I'm getting this from New Advent, the website. Um, it's, um, about the marital debt whether a husband and wife are mutually bound to the payment of the marriage debt. So this is his answer on the contrary. So if you know how St. Thomas Aquinas structures things, he starts with the objections and then he has the main body and then he answers the objections. So as the slave is in the power of his master, so is one spouse in the power of the other. One Corinthians seven, four. Notice that there's a mutual sense here. That's important. Um, and which we even come out in Corinthians as well. But a slave is bound by an obligation of precept to pay his master the debt of his service according to romans thirteen seven, rendered to all men their dues, tribute to to him who, tri- who tribute is due. therefore, husband and wife are mutually bound to the payment of the marriage debt. Further, marriage is directed to the avoiding of fornication, one Corinthians seven two, but this cannot be the effect of marriage if the one, if the one were not bound to pay the debt to the other one, the latter is troubled with concupiscence. Therefore, the payment of the debt is an obligation of precept. So, sounds very romantic, I'm sure. People are like, sound, probably thinking, wow, that, that that's the epitome of romance, right? No, but I think where it's going to get important is I think the question, and this created a lot of discussion, um, men talking about how a lot of times the, they struggle because their wives are withholding sex from them. Occasionally it goes the other way, um, but it tends to go more that one that one direction. Is I think what we have to really break down is when is it appropriate to deny sex in a relationship and when is it an important gift that the husband and the wife give each other and, and, and how to discern that properly. And I'm gonna give you some tools from discernment. So on one hand, we have the sense of obligation. There's a sense that when your spouse asks for sex, if it's reasonable, you should reasonably give of yourself. And so I'm gonna kind of get into some cases where, and I'm not based on St. Thomas Aquinas, but based on the conversation and my own theories on things on when is it acceptable and when is it not, and how to kind of flesh this out. So the next part, a lot of people in the online conversation start to get into, well, this sounds like rape. Like this sounds like forcing yourself, like, you know they imagine you know the tearful wife is like honey i don't want to have sex and and the husband saying you must you owe me and 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 you know the woman being traumatized by this and and obviously that's not a case but they said you know on the romantic side on the more loving side it should be a free choice that we freely give of ourselves that there's a certain sense of romance too right there's an affection there's a let's let's enter into this covenant together that fruitfulness and i think we can weigh these and kind of a balance to practice good discernment. And so on one hand, one extreme, we're going to see that that sense of free gift, of self-donation, which John Paul II drew out in Theology of the Body. On the other hand, we're going to sense of obligation, of what we owe according to justice and how do we weigh that. So first, getting into what are some circumstances that it's obviously a a good reason to deny somebody the marital debt, to deny sex to your spouse. First, if there's physical discomfort or physical pain, that's just obvious enough, right? If some health reason or something like that is causing physical pain where it takes away from the sense of unitive aspect, the sense of tenderness and devotion, obviously in the case of physical pain, they shouldn't, shouldn't be having sex. Next is where I think starts to get a little bit into the gray area, which is psychological trauma. I'm going to give a really, really clear case, but the, the kind of an extreme case that I think we can then extrapolate some principles from. Let's say, you know, your wife or your husband, probably more likely to be your wife. Let's say they're attacked by another man and the, and, the, and they're emotionally, there's emotional trauma tied with having sex or, or there's some, something like they're experiencing incredible anxiety, incredible fear, and the thought of having sex is, is adding to that mental duress. Again, this is probably a good case, but I, I wanna balance it. I think there's a third situation which is more common, which is what do we do when one partner is asking for sex and the other partner is just simply not in the mood? This is where I, I really wanna bring in now St. John of the Cross, and one of his great principles from the spiritual exercise, let me pull it up here. Um, got to type it up. I probably should have had this done. All right. All right. Got it. So, the spiritual exercise of St. John of the Cross. I need to put them on my website. I keep telling Tim he needs to put it on the website. Hopefully, he will soon. He's probably going to hear this and be like, dang it. Shouldn't have called me out in front of everybody. So St. John the Cross gives us a spiritual exercise. And I think for this third category, I think this helps us with our discernment. It says, St. John the Cross says, Endeavor to be inclined always, not to the easiest, but to the most difficult. Not to the most delightful, but to the most distasteful. Not to the most gratifying, but to the less pleasant. Not to what means rest for you, but to hard work. Not to the consoling, but to the unconsoling. Not to the most, but to the least. Not to the highest and most precious, but to the lowest and most despised. Not to wanting something, but to wanting nothing. Do not go about looking for the best of temporal things, but for the worst. And for Christ's desire to enter into complete nakedness, emptiness, and poverty and everything in the world. Now, you're obviously going to object. You're going to be like, whoa, whoa, Father. You're saying just push through it. And for most people, for many people who have psychological illness, who are struggling, um, these, these maxims are going to be very hard to understand in a balanced, peaceful way. But for many of us who may have a certain amount of self-esteem, a certain amount of stability in our life, it's a great principle that could be applied across the board. And you probably already actually do if you're kind of a mature disciple. And so you're often pushed through discomfort for the sake of your children, for the sake of your boss, your work. But really considering that the gift of sex, especially to a spouse, is something that can be a profound gift. That there should be at least some willingness to push through discomfort. I think that would be where I would caution people. I would say, you know, it's not an absolute rule. I'm not saying in every circumstances always push through discomfort, but be endeavor inclined always to to push through discomfort, having a willingness to say, okay, even when I'm tired, even when I'm stressed. I know this is good for my partner. And what I bet you will find in many of these relationships is if you do that on a consistent basis, it'll actually then start to become beneficial for yourself as well. That maybe there's even sometimes the work of the enemy that's getting in there. There's a, a spiritual block that actually you needed as well. But you, you know, it's often that case, I'll give you another example is exercise. I, I often find kind of mental blocks, spiritual blocks to going into the gym and getting my exercise in. But once I'm there and once I do it, even if I'm tired afterwards or tired during it, it's always more beneficial. I think for a lot of people, they could they could apply that to being open to having sex with their spouse. Obviously, there's the other case of discernment. If you're discerning that you're not, you're not at the time where you need to have children and you're practicing natural family planning. Obviously that's another factor I didn't get into before. But really consider being open and generous with it. Even when pushing through discomfort, I think that's that's a, a big phase that I want to bring out. So let's continue the conversation. Um, emails, comments, whatever you want to do, tell me I'm full of it. Um, you know, all of us celibate men in the Catholic Church were all crazy. Whatever, whatever you want to do, let's just continue the conversation. And uh, thank you for listening. This has been Father Ian Van Huesen, the Art of Living Well Podcast. God bless. <laughs>